1: Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers
2: tuning in tonight.
1: Blue Jays in San Francisco scoreless in the top of the sixth in Toronto. We got the Riverhawks playing the Bellingham Bells at uh, the top of the hour at REMAX Field. The Edmonton Stingers home tonight in about an hour against the Scarborough Shooting Stars. And then uh, the Stingers also playing on Canada today. That'll be a road game, though, against the Vancouver Bandits. And the Oilers news today. Yamamoto and Coston traded to Detroit for future considerations. The draft picks Bo Aki out of Barry. Second rounder Nathaniel Day, goalie from the Flint Firebirds. In the sixth round, seventh rounder, Matt Capone from Merrimack College. He's going to go back to uh, college hockey in the fall. You can get a summary there on 630 chedcom We'll talk more about the Oilers with Bob Stoffer coming up at 7.05. For the Elks, Dagie is indeed your starting quarterback, Geno Lewis. Was put on the sixth game yesterday, and he's uh, probably going to be out longer than that, according to head coach Chris Jones, who didn't say exactly how he got uh, hurt in that game. He did have that fumble on the goal line in the fourth quarter where he kind of took a bit of a a pop there. So uh, that's a loss for the Green and Gold who play at Ottawa tomorrow. Four o'clock for the countdown to kick off here on 6.30, Chad. And the game will start at 5.30. Dave Campbell in Ottawa to broadcast that
2: game. Dave, how are things there, man? It is steamy hot here, my friend, and I guess it's similar back home as well. So we're sharing the same weather.
1: Uh, yeah, pretty warm here today. I, I, I don't mind it in short bursts, but uh, yeah, uh, if, it, <laughs> if it drags on and on, it can, uh, it can be a little tough. Now. But you guys, are you guys ever hot w- when you're broadcasting a game? Like, can you always open the oh. windows, or, or like is it very stadium to stadium? What's going on?
2: There's really no relief when it's this hot anywhere like there really isn't the worst conditions i've ever broadcast a game in as far as heat is concerned was in 2019 it was in montreal and with the humid X, it was like 45 degrees and it was sickening gross like it was awful and we had a lightning delay and at one point they said you have to close your booth windows and it was such a hot box there, and I almost like I was almost feeling physically ill. And the ironic thing was that there was no lightning at all around the stadium. I don't know why the heck they did that. Um, so then we open up the windows again, and it's just like this big rush of air, and this like someone turned to, turned like seven hair dryers and pointed them at the booth. It was just awful. So there is really no escape, read from the heat. So <laughs> I. I'm almost dreading my choice of golf shirt because it's, a little too sweat absorbent, but really at home, I don't have very many shirts that would survive in this heat anyway. So um, it's going to be gross by the time I get back to the hotel and uh, there will be a, a shower. I'm sure after the game, cause it's going to be a steamy one tomorrow. All right.
1: Well, yeah. uh, two teams looking for their first wins of the season. Uh, I, I mean, really uh, I, I guess the, uh, the two teams that have kind of been kicked around over, over, the last couple of years and we yep. know what it's been like for the Elks. I, I, I go back further than the start of 2021 because it really started kind of the last half of that Sunderland Moss year in 2019. They went two and seven. So it's, it's uh nine wins in the last, 44 regular season games for the Elks and uh, Ottawa actually went 11 and seven in 2018, three and 15 in 2019, three and 11 in the shorter season in 2021 and four and 14 last year. So, so they only have 10 wins, uh, and I guess that would be 50, uh, 50 or 51. I'll have to do the math. Anyway, they're pretty, it's similar for both clubs over a long time. Um, I, will talk, I want to talk about the Red Blacks. But from, from an Edmonton perspective, first of all, no Eugene Lewis. Now, it, it hasn't been – there's been one spectacular play, and then there's been a lot of not getting him the ball, unfortunately. But, uh, I mean, long-term, this, this is tough to overcome here for
2: this team. It is, absolutely. And, you know, it, it is a talented receiving core uh, other than Eugene Lewis, but still – you want a Eugene Lewis healthy and in your lineup. And uh, we're not exactly sure exactly when the injury occurred. According to Chris Jones, it was when he got the fumble or when he got the ball punched out before he uh, broke the plane of the goal line. And uh, I I got to look at the play sheet to see if he saw the field after that. So I I thought he did, but... uh, You know he hasn't been targeted very much. He had the one big moment, as you said, the 102-yard touchdown pass from Taylor Cornelius in in Week One, and he's been pretty quiet. And you know, I think you and I have talked about like why is he not getting targets, right? And you know, maybe maybe this is a pre-existing injury uh, that happened before that moment, that fumble, but it's it's not ideal at all. And this will cause some lineup changes and Maurice French is going to come into the game. And he had a great preseason, especially the game in Calgary over hundred yards passing or receiving and one touchdown. And it's a, it's, it's interesting too, because the man who threw him the pass in that preseason game is Jarrett Daigie who's going to, who's going to start tomorrow. So um, I was joking with Morley. I think I know which receiver might get the most targets. Uh, <laughs> Maurice French, cause there's some chemistry there, but um, so he's going to ha- get a chance to, to see what he can do in regular season Action um, can Dylan Mitchell get on track here finally? I mean, it's been a really tough start for him, and you know he's not negative yardage anymore, but really he's he's been non-existent. Stephen Dunbar has been really good over the last uh, couple of games. He is the target leader with 21, and he's going to move over to uh, Lewis's spot on the uh, slot receiver position on the short side of the field. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens and. Uh it's uh it's it's just what else can go wrong? It kind of feels that way. We're only in week four. And you know, I, I looked at the CFL uh game notes and they said the Deggy will be the seventh starter since twenty nineteenth. I don't think that's correct. I think he'll be the I think he'll be the sixth, but we can count it now since twenty nineteen. Trevor Harris, Logan Kilgore, Taylor Cornelius, Nick Arbuckle, Trey Ford Uh, I said Cornelius, right? I believe I did. Uh, Jared Dagey. So to me, I count six. That's still a lot of quarterbacks since 2019. And uh, now we'll see what Jared Dagey can do tomorrow.
1: Well, you you make an interesting point, though. Sometimes you see it that, two of the guys who are sort of on the practice roster, if they get into the lineup around the same time, like French and Daigie, sometimes there is a bit of a comfort there. Uh, so so we'll see. And I mean, we're going to find out like, and this is the thing about this, this league especially, uh, every great quarterback was an unknown at some point, right? So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you exactly. hope that you hope that Daigie is uh, closer to Riley and Ray than he has than he is to Giles or or David Archer and really going back. I think they were actually five hundred when David Archer played, but I don't think him and <laughs> Kay Stevenson had the best of attitudes about playing in the Canadian Football League. So remember Jimmy Kemp? Jimmy Kemp actually threw the winning touchdown pass in the uh semifinal, West semifinal win over B C that year, right? Yes he did. Yes, yes a crossing did. pattern to Robert. Oh, I can't oh. remember his name. Oh. You can see the play, though. It was like a five-yard pass that he ran for a touchdown. I was in the house
2: that time. Oh, I probably well, was sitting yeah. just up above you, and we didn't even know each other existed at that point.
1: No, not at all.
2: <laughs> anyway,
1: got- that's that's a walk down. Yes, Jimmy Kemp, who... Came in in 98. All right. Uh, so so that's the, the deal with Daigie, uh and uh, and Geno Lewis out for, well, likely longer than six weeks. So that's that's scary yep. to hear that. The, the, the one name I associate with the Red Blacks over the last few years is Devontae Dedman, the excellent returner, and he's not playing, right?
2: No, he's out with, uh, with an injury for the rest of the season. Uh, Ottawa's lineup's interesting because you look at their lineup, and like the Elks, they're very young and they're going to have Tyree Adams at quarterback and you know that that's going to push Nick Arbuckle actually all the way down to the third quarterback spot Jeremiah Masoli still not ready to to come back Reed it's been almost a year-long injury for him and uh, he suffered a staph infection I think they went back in and possibly uh, cleaned that knee up again or maybe did some little extra work and he got a staph infection so uh, he's getting over that and I mean, all we we'll hear, all we hear from uh, from head coach Bob Dice is when he's when he's ready to play, he'll play. So that's a little cryptic, right? Because we don't know when he'll actually play. And you want to hear a wild story here? Um, Quan Bray, their best receiver so far this season, ex of the Montreal Alouettes, he got into some trouble with the law when he was in Montreal. Uh, he uh, is been released tonight because he was set to face sexual assault charges and obstruction of justice. So today there was a warrant for his arrest that was issued, but then later canceled. And Bray was arrested in April for allegedly sexually assaulting and choking a woman while playing for the Alouettes in 21. Also accused of obstructing justice between December 5th, 2021 and July 21st, 2022, while trying to convince the woman to withdraw her police complaint. So he made a court appearance on May 1st, scheduled to appear today, but did not show up prompting the arrest. However, the lawyer represented him on the Thursday afternoon thus canceling the warrant. But the Red Blacks, they cut him today so wow they uh an experienced receiving core got less experience today and you know you look at their receiving core i mean there's jalen ackland who is a fantastic receiver but after that there's not a lot there i mean nate Bahar, former elks draft pick back in 2017 and you know it, it's going to be an interesting game tomorrow i mean these are probably the two youngest teams in the league i know the elks already have started 15 uh where is the stat here uh yeah, 1st first-year players in 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 their lineup. So it's it's good. You know, it, these games are so interesting and yet they're so uncomfortable. And I think that's how I feel about going into this game. You got an O three team, an O two team. Uh, the O two team and the Red Blacks haven't won at home in twelve games, and the last time they beat a team was the Elks back in twenty twenty one. So yeah, I remember that. <laughs> uh, this this game gives you the willies
1: yeah it does uh, it, it does and I mean we're we're at the point where when the elks are playing a, a bad team, you can't feel. Totally confident. I mean, you no. you hope, but but they you know you hope they take a step here at some point, and, and maybe Daegi going to be the answer. But I I I get the trepidation from the fan base because if Daegi doesn't play well, you're you're very quickly running out of quarterbacks who you think can perform competently, and that's I, I mean we're talking about the positives of Daegi, so we got to acknowledge the scary side of it as well. If he if he's not sharp or, or clearly can't cut it. Uh, Well, then you got Khalil Tate, who Jones has said, who's been brought in to do short yardage. And then you have Mm -hmm. Trey Ford. And this is the – I've been asked, as you have, Dave, I've been asked about Trey Ford a lot on the show. And Jones had the clip yesterday saying, well, we think he's really good. He just doesn't fit in into being used as a short yardage quarterback. But having said that, if if a guy is – always the third or fourth string quarterback it makes me think that the coaching staff has some reservations about him even if they don't want to say them publicly like maybe they think he's going to develop so yeah that's kind of kind of where we're at if, if Daigie doesn't play yeah. well then it's like who's next and how good are they really
2: the worst thing that could happen is what you're talking about is you don't want to have this quarterback carousel, uh, carousel just spinning and not landing on someone so I mean I don't think this is the end of Taylor Cornelius necessarily. It all depends on Jared Dagey. I mean, Jared Dagey will answer those questions, right? But I think the club has to hope, the organization has to hope that Jared Dagey could be the answer here. And what I'm also a little concerned about too, Reid, is even if he's the answer, is that going to be enough for this team to, to salvage this season? You know, maybe they can get seven to eight wins this year. Maybe that would put him in line for a playoff spot, but... You know we're living in different times though in in the cfl you and i've talked about this this is not a league that is blessed with good quarterback play yeah you know when you look back 10 years ago when mike riley was the starting quarterback of uh, of this team and it was in a golden era of quarterbacks and it you know even five years ago six seven years ago go back to 2015 just how how blessed the the league was for good quarterbacks but then, you know, a few years later, we were saying, "Well, who are the next ones coming up?" And teams didn't really take the time to develop quarterbacks, as winning is such a, you know, such a priority. Of course, that well, we'll just we'll just go with the veterans, and we'll just worry about the the young players uh, later. Well, now here we are in a bit of a quarterback crisis, and I can't imagine, you know, a, a time where quarterbacks have to just grow up and and be quick studies now, right? And Jared Deggie is going to come in and it's going to be his first start after playing what a quarter and a bit. And that's a lot to ask for a young guy, but here we are. I mean, we have no time to really wait to develop quarterbacks. It's your, it's baptism by fire. And you need to find the one quarterback that is going to be able to handle the moment. And I'll tell you what, Reed, when I watch Jared Deggie and when I listen to Jared Deggie, I don't send someone who is tentative. I don't send someone who is questioning himself. He's like, give me the ball, get in there. I'll get in there. I'll make a mistake or two, but I'm going to learn from it. And I'm just going to execute. And I think that's what we saw last week. And he threw a pick six. He came back out and he just executed. Right. And, and I thought he responded very, very well. So you gotta, you gotta be a quick study. It's not like, again, I go back to Riley when he was the starter in 2013, he was in the league for three seasons prior. Right. You, this league cannot afford to do that anymore. And sadly, the league hasn't taken it seriously enough. And I don't think some teams have taken it seriously enough. And at least I'll say this for both organizations here, the Red Blacks and, and the Elks, and they've been kind of forced to do it this way just because of what has happened with previous starting quarterbacks that are, that are veterans. At least they're trying to develop starting quarterbacks in this league and develop more quarterbacks. So I'll give them marks for that, good marks for the for for that exercise.
1: 1998 CFL West semifinal Edmonton 40, BC 33. I found the roster. I believe it was Brian Wiggins that that's, got the uh, cross from Jimmy Kemp and uh, took it in for a touchdown for the And I believe also in that game some people are like, oh yeah, I remember that. And other people are like, what are these guys talking about? I believe that was the game. BC had a long bomb touchdown uh, called back on a holding penalty that would have given them a larger lead. I think that was the game.
2: and then I think you might be right. That sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah,
1: any, anyway,
2: it's always fun to talk about CFL lore.
1: Okay, have a good call tomorrow, Dave. I really appreciate that. Uh, certainly is an, an interesting matchup despite the two teams' records.
2: Thanks, Reed. Appreciate
1: it. That is Dave Campbell checking in from Steamy Ottawa. Four o'clock for the countdown to kick off tomorrow. The game at five thirty here on six thirty. Chet. So we got the elk storylines. We got the Oilers storylines. We're covering both today. Stops coming up after the uh, seven o'clock news for a little more uh, Oilers talk. Uh, I know we got some of your messages coming in. We'll get to a few of those in a couple of minutes.
0: You're listening to six thirty. Chet inside sports with Reed Wilkins. Is indeed the name of the show. Thanks for tuning in
1: tonight. 780-496-0063 We
0: have Tony on the line. Tony, what's going on? Hey, Reed. How's it going, man? Pretty good. So I have a I have an Oilers question and else question for you. I,
1: I, trivia or opinion?
0: Uh, no question. Okay. okay. Yeah, your opinion because I want to you're gonna, your
1: you're going to give this. your opinion too, right?
0: Uh, yeah. Because um, people think I'm weird for what I say.
1: Well, people so, think that about me too.
0: Yeah, well, for me, it's a fact of, okay, so the oldest one is, as you know, Bouchard's probably going to get a bridge deal. Correct. Right. And they're saying about three, $3, and a half to $4 million.
1: Yeah, so it's fair. Sure.
0: Um, people got to realize, I'm not trying to hate on Bouchard, but beginning of last year, before we got Eckholm, he struggled really bad. He finally came out and showed what kind of defense uh, defenseman he can be when you know when he's paired with a good defense with the, when he's paired with somebody else who's a veteran. They're saying that he's going to get about six six and a half when he goes through so the long term. Do you think that he should only when they ask for a long term deal that should be in the, about the five five and a half million dollar range.
1: I, here's the thing, Tony, it, let's say he signs for a couple of years. Like you're saying now for whatever, th- pick a number three and a quarter per year, whatever it might turn out to be. If he, if he's like a 50 or 60 point defenseman and is the, the point man on a power play that c- continues to be historically good, then he's going to be worth more than $5 million if he's getting a seven or eight year deal. Okay.
0: I'm just wondering that because we, because look at what we gave a uh, Barry, when he, when he decided to stay in Edmonton. And I just want to know do you think Bouchard's still going to be
1: younger than Barry, though, won't he? By the time that comes around? What's, uh, uh, not, uh, what's Bouchard now? He's 23. Yeah, he's 23. 23? So he's only going to be 25 when he gets his next deal. All right, well, do, and, do
0: your Oaks one quick. Um, what do you, how, okay, we're in Ottawa. Yes. Do you see a victory or no? Uh, well, I'm
1: not going to make a flat-out prediction. I think the Ottawa's not very good either. So I think they have a better chance than they do against the B.C.'s and Winnipegs of the world. It's probably, a lot of it, again, is probably going to come down to quarterback play on both sides of the ball because both players are inexperienced and in making their first starts. But if, if Daigie can click and give the offense some confidence, then I think the Elks got a very good chance. Okay? All right. That was Tony. Well, he's put me on the spot there, Kellen. Do I see a victory or not? <laughs> I could see a victory happening. Yes. I, could, I could also see a loss happening. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, 780-496-0063. Love hearing from Tony. Stoff's going to hop on after the news.